Today on I Didn't Say That, the elephants are burning. Let's go. Uh, welcome to another episode of I Didn't Say That, the post-Bernie rally edition. Woo-woo! Um, we have a lot to catch up on. Uh, a Yang rally. And missing out on Warren, missing out on Marianne. But we're starting with Bernie. Because this week, and and here's the thing, we're we're just full blown addicted to this at this point, and I'm not even attempting to hide it that this is the most important thing that's going on in my life right now. Um, my job is taking a beyond a back step. There's like ten different things that I care about more than work right now, but at the top of the pile right now is the New Hampshire primary, um, and. For the for at the beginning of the week, we kept looking everywhere. We're looking at Facebook. We're looking at Twitter. We're looking at Instagram. We're looking at Mobilize, and we're seeing nothing. Just nothing. 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 And we had the debate, which we'll cover. Well, we I mean, debate. The debate was boring. <laughs> the debate was awful. Was um, and so we know everyone was in Iowa, but it was like surely someone's going to come to New Hampshire this weekend. And sure enough, Wednesday, I go on to mobilize. Bernie's coming to town. And not just coming to town, coming like 20 minutes away. Like, super easy. Exeter High School, that's where we went to go see Cory Booker. So we got to immediately, we're like, okay, we get to compare this to to Cory Booker, we get to see how he set it up. It's in the same place. It's in the cafeteria. Why they don't do it in the gymnasium, I have no idea. Unknown. Um, okay, but let let's set let's set the stage. So, uh, the event said that doors would open at two thirty. Event starts at three thirty. Mm-hmm. So we're like, all right, we'll get there. Like we'll aim to be there at three ish. Yeah. So we pull up. First of all, this high this public high school has the most ridiculous driveway Hawk, up to it. Blue Hawk Drive. It's like seriously like driving up to a palace. You're like, okay. So anyway, we get to the parking lot. It's first of all already way way fuller than Booker. Packed. Yeah. Packed. And we're probably arriving around the same time frame as we did for Booker, I'd say. Um we might yeah. have even arrived a little we, earlier. So then. they said doors 2.30, event starts at 3.30. And we got there a little bit before. We got there like 2.55, 3 o'clock. So we got there about 30 minutes ahead of time. Yeah. So we're like, well, you know, we figured it was going to be busy. It was going to be packed. Let's make sure we get there early. You know, if we have to stand around, whatever. We walk around. We look at so, the crowd. So anyway, you know. so Max doesn't agree with me on this, but we got in there and it it was just very unorganized. There was just like a mass well, of people and you kind of got the feeling like, okay, you have to sign in first and then you got to go into another line for security. Okay. But Max had already pre-registered for this, which is shocking to me. I, I like, I'm not giving them any of my information. And we've like, it takes for Joseph it, McCarthy at this point would convict me of being a communist. Like I would, he would be like, you're a communist because of all of these lists that you're on right now. And I would just be like, no, I'm just a political junkie from New Hampshire. And he's like, 
why have you been to seven Democrat events and given them all of your information within the span of two and a half weeks? Anyway, so we finally get to the top and they force Max to fill out this ridiculously long questionnaire. And I'm just like, we already registered. Like, can't we just like check a box? No, no, no. We have to fill it all in again. So this is why it's taking so long. Listen, here's let, let me let me just give them the benefit of the doubt. One, they shouldn't have done it where they did it. Let me just say that. They shouldn't have had the event in the cafeteria because it's not a big enough space for that number of people, number one. And number two, the only entrance is a tiny atrium. And you're trying to fit... Look, they got they got caught off guard by the size of the crowd. There were probably 800 to 1,000 people there. Um, they only had like four stations that were people were checking in. So everyone got funneled in the small atrium. The atrium is very shallow. That leads into the cafeteria. And... I will say, on top of it, to compound this all, was the fact that he was the first candidate who had security. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, he was the first candidate where we had uh, security that and we wanted down. We had to empty our pockets, do that Also, whole thing. this was very weird. So we'd already been at this place for Booker. Yes. And our phones worked fine. And for our Sanders event, our phones didn't work at all, which is weird. So, and the reason I bring this up is because there were two lines to get in. Mm-hmm. And so I went to one and I was like, Max, go to the other one. Text me if it's shorter. But he couldn't text me because the phones didn't work. So he got in and he's, I can see him through the glass, like waving at me. And I'm stuck behind like five people because I managed to get in the line with the security guard who's literally fingering everything. Like yeah, this that's- guy had a pair of keys with like a shark bottle opener and he was like giving it a look over for like a minute and i'm like dude it's a freaking bottle opener like yeah they it's were gonna definitely, be okay they were they were for 100 jamming cell phones um <laughs> um because even my phone i looked down and like i had i'd have like two or three bars and just nothing just it didn't work they, they were so they were they were jamming it. they were jamming stuff um and which was interesting because it's like yeah Maybe they're paranoid about someone setting off a bomb or something. But from like a campaign perspective, like now no one's going to be able to tweet or Instagram or Facebook or anything about your event while you're there. So now you're hope you're banking on them doing it after your event. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. He has such a following on social media and such like a promotion apparatus already that maybe it doesn't just really matter. And that safety kind of takes precaution takes takes like but like still like. I so mean, if you wanted to bring something into the event, you probably could. But the so point anyway, is, no one, no one would. But anyway, but, we but, finally got in. Uh, probably like at like three twenty-five, and the event was supposed to start at three thirty. We got a spot. We were just standing. Uh, Max estimates the crowd at like eight hundred to a thousand. It was um, a good sized crowd. It was, yeah. good, it was similar it's, to Pete's. But what's interesting, we ran into another New Hampshire public radio person. Another one. Basically just regulars on New Hampshire public radio at this point. Uh, and she was super... We are New Hampshire public radio. Yeah. She was super interested in the grassroots effort for Bernie, which was really interesting. And wanted to know, like, what exactly we had to fill out on the form. Um, but I'm telling you this story not because of that, because... We told her we were from Dover, New Hampshire, and she was like, oh, you're actually from New Hampshire. Like, I've been running into a lot of Massachusetts people, which leads me to believe that this crowd was probably 50% Massachusetts. There was, a, I mean, the first kid is like, hi, I'm from Massachusetts. And um, and by the way, 
we'll get to the Q&A, but Bernie Sanders definitely has a bias towards tall people when he picks on people to ask questions. So, you know, anyone who there who's tiny, Don't like my short. like my wife, you're not going to get your que- you're not going to get Okay, but on. I wasn't trying to answer a question. Not like at Yang. I I was not trying to I do We're have a gonna question. We're going to go talk him, to you. We're going to go see Yang again. I do probably have a question for Bernie, but I was just like it's not worth it. I can I wanted to it. I had a question prepared for Bernie. I wanted to ask him about criminal justice reform, specifically about false accusations. And I was going to phrase it as, as someone who has been falsely accused of something this week. What sort of protections in your criminal justice reform plan would protect those who are accused of something, who are able to, who are able to either provide evidence that what they're being accused of is not true, or two, it is a hearsay, you know, it is a he said, she said situation, and there's nothing to prove other prove otherwise. I wanted to get a question on that because that would make news if you had to answer a question like that. You weren't raising your hand, though, so you didn't really care. I didn't care enough. Yeah, I didn't care enough either. Um, if we go to see him again, I, I might try to do it. He's, I don't think we're going to be able to catch him again. He's going to be stuck in this fake trial thing in the Senate, um, which, if you're a Republican, it's a total joke. If you're a Democrat, it's just a ploy to get Biden nominated. So the whole thing is ridiculous. But I digress. Uh, so we, we get in. And, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes go by, and finally the, the, like, somebody comes up to speak. And it's some kid, I think, who works on the campaign talking about how he heard. Some local organizer, yeah. an organizer he got inspired four years ago during 2016 about people who were, like, truly suffering, and they felt ignored. Which, by the way, I will say, is not uncommon when you talk to Trump supporters. Yeah. Right. I think I think there's one thing to be said, and I'm probably going to give more credit to Bernie on some things than Katie will tonight. Um, but I will say one thing that I'll give credit to that kid for is that it was very obvious that he was um, like there. Are, there are people in my community who are truly suffering and feel like I have no one to turn to, and so that's what inspired him. So like I'm not gonna. I'm not going to crap on the kid for being inspired by a political candidate. I think everyone has at young age if you're into no, politics. I didn't think there's anything wrong with him. He kind of set the stage for talking about healthcare. So, okay, yep. whatever. And he didn't speak for very long, so that's cool. No, it was great. He spoke for like three minutes. He did a spiel and then got off the stage. And then it was the state rep with MS who like told her own like harrowing story about like how basically the system as it's currently set up, screwed her. And, like, I'm not going to dispute that. I don't think there's a person in America that would point to our current healthcare system and be like, yes, this is working perfectly. Um, so it was like, it was one of those moments where it's like, I can see why you support Bernie Sanders. And she also didn't speak for super long. And she also didn't speak for super long. It was just a very, just like, let me tell you why I'm drawn to Bernie. It's like, okay, that's fine. Like, I get it. I'm never going to, you know, like attack or dispute someone like that. Either the first two speakers. The third lady. <laughs> this lady, I forget what her name is. Apparently, she's well known in the campaign or well known in the progressive world. 
I really don't care because she was the example of if you give someone an inch, they will take an effing mile. And this woman is someone who's scared of her own shadow. First of all, we have a reality TV star in the White House. She said that like 5,000 times. That was like the, oh, that was as clever. She thought that was the most clever insult in the world. Yeah, so clever. She thought she was breaking new ground by calling Donald Trump that. Just repetitive. So we're already talking about someone who is just scared of everything in life, but they're also just lack any sort of creativity whatsoever. Just the typical... When we say that liberals have no sense of humor, you point to a woman like this and you're like, it is very clear you have no sense of humor. You have ruined every party you have ever been to. You are the person people avoid inviting over to dinner because you'll bring up something truly fucking awful. Pardon my language, but you just like you were standing there and Katie and I kept looking at each other the entire time like surely she cannot keep going. She keeps repeating herself. And at one point I looked over at Katie. I'm like, she's stalling for time. Bernie's not here. Like they started putting people on and they're like, just start filling time. Oh, there was that's that- what it had to be. Then there was that guy. Was he before or after? The guy who was like, I was just in Georgia dealing with a death row claim. I totally forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah, so this guy was, he's like some sort of like criminal defense lawyer, and he was talking about down, he was down in Georgia, and he got like a last second, you know, stay of execution for his client, which, you know, great, whatever. If your client didn't do whatever he's accused of, which is probably some horrific crime if he's on death row but if he didn't actually do it then fuck what you know like whatever but he was telling this whole thing about like he was down there talking about bernie and everyone loves bernie everyone loves bernie bernie fights for everyone cool great like you know whatever and then you're like okay well what's gonna top the guy who just like possibly saved someone's life right like what's that oh no no it gets worse. We got John Cusack coming up. Which I just want to preface this by at this point, the crowd is like kind of bored. Like they're clapping, but they're just clapping because like they have to. There isn't really any excitement. It's, it's after four o'clock at this point. And so we've had 30 minutes right. of nonsense. But then they say John Cusack's coming up. Oh, the whole crowd. So excited. Getting real excited. Everyone's like, okay, cool. You know, and I said earlier in the week, I wanted a member of the squad. I'm like, I want a picture with AOC. I want a picture with Omar or Tlaib. I got to do it. I'll for sure do it. I'll tell whatever lie to get that picture. (laughs) But John Cusack, I'm like, and sure enough, and sure enough. And mind you, he gets up there and I'm like, woof, he looks bad like he he looks real bad like worse for the wear and he gets up there and he's got a typed up speech or something and he's just reading it and you're like uh why should it like 
we've been to enough of these now that usually people have like a personal story. Like here's my personal connection. Like here's something that happened to me as a kid. Here's something that I saw, something I experienced. And that's why I'm supporting candidate X. But for him, it was just like, right. And for him, it was just like, I'm going to just talk about injustices and why Bernie's the best. And it's like, but you're a millionaire. He's like, like, so like I grew up reading Howard Zinn and like Noam Chomsky (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, you are just such an insufferable ass. You know, that is right there. When I heard how when I heard Zinn and Chomsky, I was like, I'm out. You're just playing for the cameras. You think you're some intellectual. The reality is all you do is repeat in front of a camera lines that someone else has written. You have no talent. The only thing you have to do is remember a couple of lines for a few minutes and then another couple of lines over the next 15 minutes. It's unbelievable. And he thinks he's like some like massive intellectual who's figured it all out. By the way, he's got more money than everyone in the room combined. So... You know, and then towards the end, he really doesn't say anything. Of course, he turns it blue. He drops an F-bomb. And then, because he's from Hollywood, you know, he's got no rules. And then towards the end, he started talking about, you know, like revolution, how we need a revolution. Because, you know, the system's really fucked him over. And he started just like stating a bunch of random things. And Max again is like, is he stalling? Yeah, he just like started repeating things. He was like, he's like, you want to know who doesn't like us? The drug companies. The health insurance companies. Uh, uh, yeah, Wall Street. They don't like us. Uh, you know, uh, like, um, and at this point, you know, the fossil fuel companies. Right. At this point, it's like, they just don't like us. They're scared of us. It's like, he did this for two minutes, and I have it on camera. It was, you're, you're watching this, and you're like, Okay, you're reading something that someone else wrote for you because he's flipping these pieces of paper over. Someone wrote some speech for him. He's reading it. And then someone's like, Bernie's not here yet. And he's like, uh, you know, uh, do we do we talk about climate change? Fossil fuels are terrible. <laughs> so, But then finally Bernie shows up 45 minutes late. 45 minutes after the scheduled start of the event, we finally get St. Bernie. Oh, wait. And John, oh, uh, John Cusack uh, uh, announces him as Bernard Sanders. And compared him to like, the Holy okay. Spirit. He compared him to the Holy Spirit. He compared Bernie Sanders to the Holy Spirit. Half the people there didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was. In my tradition? What? Oh, yeah. You're... Anyway. Anyways. Finally, Bernie comes up. And Bernie is, as average, he's a, he's a great public speaker. He had a lot of energy. I was impressed. A lot of energy. He had a lot of energy. He's a great public speaker. He's very engaging. And, you know, he does the classics. You know, he does the Medicare for all. You know, I, you know, 
Wall Street screwed us during the bailout. I voted against the bailout. You know, Iraq and Vietnam. These were no. Lies. He didn't cover that until the. Oh, he questions. didn't cover that until the questions. Uh, he does the Medicare for all. He explains Medicare for all more, which we'll get into. But um, you know, he um, you know, he he. You can see why people are drawn to him. As I've always said about Bernie, I'm not offended by Bernie because if you took my beliefs and flipped them all the way to the other side, <laughs> I would support Bernie Sanders. If you made me the He's complete opposite. total opposite of what I believe. And that's why I've never been offended by Bernie Sanders because I'm just like... I get it because I'm that guy on the right. <laughs> so I've always kind of had this like weird, like love for Bernie Sanders and his, and his supporters because like, I get it, you know? And like, there are some things that like, I totally agree with Bernie on, like on the prescription drug pricing. Like why the hell is it that someone can drive 10 minutes across the border into Canada and get insulin over the counter but if they're back home in America, they've got to pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars out of their pocket in order to get this life-saving medication. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And I get it. My hair would be wild like his if I thought about that all the time. But like, there are some things that like he makes, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, in later podcasts, but... I think one thing that I we're going to talk about and maybe dedicate a whole podcast to are things and issues that we learned about during the campaign trail that maybe opened our eyes to something that we didn't think about before or maybe made us think differently about something. And I, I think there are some issues. And I think for, for me personally, I think healthcare and prescription drugs have been one of the biggest ones for me in terms of issues where... As Bernie says, okay, I'm putting out this plan, and yeah, I'm going to tax you more. But if you don't like it, either one, put out a different plan, or number two, defend the current system. (laughs) And I don't think anyone can do that. Um, But anyways, beyond that, um, he was really good. He went on for about 35 minutes or so 40 minutes 45 probably yeah and then and then credit to him bless his heart credit to him he took questions and in a crowd this size that is a massive gamble for a politician i don't know pete took questions same size pete did pete did same size that's true um I mean, Bernie has to take questions. Like, he is supposed to be the man of the people. Yeah, he does. Like, you can't not take questions. And he was really good. And I will say, there were some questions that he didn't answer directly. There was a teacher towards the end who asked him about Iran and and Saudi Arabia, specifically funding Saudi Arabia. And, um, uh, you know, Bernie's so disciplined, he he really finds a way to tie it back to his stump speech or... A policy that's on his website mm-hmm. he did he did a really good job with that um but i didn't find any of the questions particularly interesting the first kid i thought had a good question about okay it's one thing to tackle climate change 
and emissions and carbon in America. Oh, he's asking what? But what are you going to do about like China and India <laughs> and Africa and like you know the, the developing world contributing to the this? people who are actually doing things and you know that is the sixty four thousand dollar question to liberals in America. It's like okay, you want to take away my SUV, but what are you going to do about China? You know because we can do that here, but that's not really going to mean anything if everyone else keeps doing it. Yeah. But anyways, um, the crowd was enthusiastic, but not as enthusiastic as I thought it would be. Yeah, it wasn't like a rousing crowd. Like no. you watch a Trump rally and like people are excited. People and are I was expecting that level at the Sanders rally and it really wasn't there. Yeah, it was not that it was a calm atmosphere. I mean, people. I I wouldn't say it was any more raucous than the P crowd. No, I really have to say I would, in terms of who we've seen so far, and we haven't seen Warren and we haven't seen Biden, who are the other four. Suppose it top. The other top tier. I mean, the polls are bull anyway. but. But you have, I mean, my takeaway from this was this might be a fight between Bernie and Pete. In New Hampshire, at least. I thought you were on the Yang. You thought Yang's going to upset. I think, well, I don't think Yang's going to win it, but I think Yang might pull a top three. Yeah. So, let's see. What else is there to talk about for Sanders? Um, He wouldn't take pictures, which was sad. That sucked. That sucked. Um, Supposedly, he had to go to an event in Manchester, but honestly, I think even if he didn't have an event after, he wasn't going to take pictures, which is unfortunate. A ton of people. Um, Oh! My favorite part of this was you get outside, and mind you, it is now 17 degrees, it's snowing, and there are people out there hawking Bernie Sanders gear. I love that the capitalists are Bernie. Like, there are capitalists outside hawking gear to the socialists. It was just, the irony was just overwhelming. I couldn't contain myself. I loved it. Um, are we going to save healthcare for another podcast? We're not going to go into that. No, we'll have to do a we're like we'll, we're going to do that episode about the issues, and I think healthcare is going to be one of the big ones that we talk about. Okay, so then let's go into. I'll it. just preface it by saying, in the car ride home, what I said to Katie was this: We've been to seven of these events so far. We've heard seven different. Well, we've been to eight events and heard seven different Democrats because we've seen Yang twice. Hmm. Quote, unquote. We saw, the first time we saw Yang for two questions. It really didn't count. But anyways, so we've seen a ton of the different candidates. And as I said to Katie, I think the issue that Republicans kick the snot out of Democrats at is education. I think we absolutely own them on education because school choice always wins. The issue that Democrats kick the snot out of Republicans on is health care. We don't have a good answer to what's your plan for the 22-year-old who gets diagnosed with cancer, who doesn't have health insurance. What's your plan for the 30-year-old mom who has a stroke, who works, you know, at JCPenney at the mall. 
who's a retail associate, which is the number one job in America. Republicans don't have a good answer for that. Bernie Sanders, his answer might cost us a lot of money, but he has an answer for that. And I think that that's a very scary thing as a Republican that I think Bernie Sanders' answer is better than anything I've heard from her. It's not that I agree with it, but I think for most people, when they hear what he has to say about health care, they go, well, I don't know if I want the government that much in my life, but I sure don't want something to happen to me through no fault of my own to destroy my family. Yeah, but I it makes me extremely anxious when he says, well, I didn't come up with this on my own. I came up with it from other countries like Canada. Well, in Canada, if you get in a car crash and you have a broken arm, you have to wait a week and you have to wait a week in the hospital to get care. And if you want to leave and then come back, oh, you go to the back of the line. And by the way, also, by the way, if you're 60 and get cancer, you have 12 months to live. Goodbye. Uh, except that guy was like, fuck that. I'm going to America, came to America, got treatment, is now cancer free. So these are the kinds of things you got to keep in mind when someone tells you Medicare for all is the answer. And not, we are going to talk about it later, but it also drives me a little nuts because like the system is broken. Like when you, if you have insurance and you are the doctor and you just get some blood work done and get a Tylenol, they charge your insurance like a thousand dollars. You never see the cost. You ne- Like if you look at your bill, you're like, what the heck? Like my blood work was $600. You don't pay that $600, but like somebody paying the $600. People are making hundreds and hundreds and people are making billions and billions and trillions and trillions of dollars off of this. I mean, this is, this is one sixth of our economy. We're talking tr- people are making trillions of dollars off of this system. So and, like, yes, yeah, something is broken, but at the same time, yeah. America and American scientists and drug companies are coming up with life-saving sa- life drugs, and that's expensive. Like cancer death rates oh, are down for the first time in three years. And we that's pay because, the bill. Right. We and, pay the bill. And that's because we put in so much money into research and development. So like, yes, how, how are you going to balance spending money on that and making sure people live longer with not bankrupting the 24 year old who gets cancer. Like, and I haven't really seen a solution from either side on how you're going to balance those two. And that's my biggest concern. I couldn't have, I couldn't have stated the problem any better. So anyway, we might tackle that in another. We're going to tackle stuff like this in upcoming episodes, but right now we're trying to keep it. Fun. I think is well is observational. Observ- yeah. So we- I could just say this. I I would I would hope I, I I guess my thing is I wish more people were out there. I wish that crowd was five times as big. And I'll tell you this. And I'll tell you why. I think it's so important to go out and see all of these candidates and hear all of these different opinions. Unfiltered from the Unfiltered media. Unfiltered from the media. What's 10 times more important is to hear what questions your neighbors have for these people. 
And I think I think that's the most important part of the New Hampshire primary. Oh, and he needs water. <laughs> All right, Penny has water now. Penny has water now. You'll probably hear her slurping in the back. But as I was saying, I think the most important thing as a citizen at these events isn't just the opportunity to ask questions of these people. And by the way, 90% of the questions we hear are not unique. No, I think the most important part is to hear it unfiltered. Like, yes, yeah. this is some speech. And yes, you could go on YouTube and listen to it, which, great. Then you're going to experience it the way we're experiencing it. But to hear it through the media, like, one, even if you watch the debate, those are all predefined questions that the DNC or the media or whatever want to mm-hmm. ask. And you're never going to get, like, a, a legit answer. It's all pre memorized i'll give you i'll give you an example and then we'll move on to yang real quickly and then finish with some thoughts on the debate and then trump tweet of the day but i will say one thing and we watch this religiously i mean we are true nut jobs when it comes to this stuff bernie said you want to know i'm gonna pay for it four percent tax on anything after income tax after twenty nine thousand dollars you get taxed four percent and that's your health care tax. And that's how I'm going to pay for it. And I listened to that and I went, wow, you know, you might be able to make a case. For, you might be able to make a case for that. Uh, is this like 4% instead of my Medicare? Because I pay like 20% yeah, of Medicare yeah. right now. So, I mean, there's a lot of questions of that. Same with the freedom dividend, which we're going to ask Yang about. But when I heard that, I went, you know, I'm not saying that's the best way to do this. But as a matter of politics, if you can take someone's, you know, if you can go, hey, this is what comes out of your paycheck every month for what you have right now. And this is what would actually come out of your paycheck for this plan. And it's lower people are going to think short-term like that and could go for, go for something like that. So I had not heard that before. And as a Trump supporter, that gave me pause like, shit, that sounds like something that might be able to work. I don't know. As a political matter. As a political matter. But as a, a in-practice matter, all I hear is, mm-hmm. you have a broken arm. I'm going to work on someone that needs blood transfusions. Like, you yeah. can wait. Yeah, you're yeah, back in the bus. Um... <laughs> So we were going to talk about Yang, but then we realized we already did that. So we're going to move on. A little bit of review of the the debate, Max. Anything worth talking about? It was a pretty boring debate, to be honest. Well, I'll say this about the debate. One, CNN opened it up with being like, hey, Bernie, do you want to remind everyone that Joe Biden voted for the Iraq war? Oh, yeah. Hey, everyone who's watching who already knows this. Joe Biden was a very vocal supporter of the Iraq war. Okay, cool. Now, everyone, take 20 minutes and just tell us how much you don't like war. And that was the first 20 minutes of the debate. It was awful it was boring it was everyone agreeing with one another there were like slight nuances it was terrible um um i think the only hilarious part of it was 
them trying to start a fight between Warren and Sanders. And that the, was disgraceful. The best, that was disgraceful. The best part was they were like, Sanders, did you say that? And he's like, no, I have never said that. And they turn to Warren and they go, how did it make you feel when he said that? It's like, but he literally just said he didn't say that. So like, shouldn't you either say, Abby, is that accurate, Warren? Abby or, Phillips, like, <laughs> Abby Phillips at CNN is a sexist because she doesn't believe men. She doesn't like men. She's obviously pro-Elizabeth Warren. That was very obvious. She went up there with an agenda to attack Bernie Sanders the entire night, which obviously I'm not a Bernie supporter, but it was unbelievable to see a moderator so openly against Bernie Sanders and to see the cry. Did you see all of like the um, cryons they had throughout the night? Someone compiled them of all of these anti-Bernie. It was very clear that CNN went into this debate as we need to promote Elizabeth Warren. It was unreal. Um, but other than that, the great thing about the debate is that it was absolutely awful. <laughs> the winner the winner was uh, Andrew Yang and Donald Trump because <laughs> they weren't there. Um, I can't imagine. No, the winner was Saturday Night Live because that redo of the debate was hilarious. And you guys should go. I'll go watch it. It's just. I still don't understand the appeal of Amy Klobuchar, who's like shaking at every answer and how like, I don't know, amped Let up she is. Let me put in this mom joke zinger how, like, in here. <laughs> she's just like awful. And, and she's just been in Iowa, so we haven't been able to see her. And it's super annoying. And Pete is a CIA robot. And Joe Biden, his like teeth almost fell out like six times during the debate. And he's not on the campaign trail anymore because he's just not physically well enough to be president of the United States. I don't care what anyone says. You're going to need to refill that. And um, yeah, he's just having his wife do everything. I just think the whole thing was I watched that debate and I was like, the Democrat National Committee has got to be like, I swear to God, if we don't impeach this guy, this is going to be so embarrassing for us. <laughs> so that's how it is. The next debate will probably have Yang and it'll probably have Tulsi as well. And it Sweet. might even have Bennett. Uh, he's so it the could worst. be a real free for all. Um, as a I can't wait for the next debate because in 2016, I, thanks to my smart beautiful talented amazing wife sitting Aww. across from me she got me tickets to the final presidential debate before the the uh new hampshire primary in 2016 so um i cannot wait for this new democrat debate because uh, i'll get to compare it to that experience and um and um and we may play hooky from work and just go to events all between Iowa and the New Hampshire primary. TBD. There is like a 100% chance that I do <laughs> zero work from like the, th I have a work trip Tuesday through Thursday after the, I actually, I get in to Chicago like that Monday evening of the caucuses and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to like go and get deep dish pizza and stuff. And I'm like. I'm going to be watching fuck results. You, <laughs> fuck you, people. I'm getting a 12-pack, and I'm going to my room, and I'm watching MSNBC all night. 
and probably FaceTiming my wife so we can talk about this. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to get progressively hammered throughout the night watching MSNBC while I FaceTime my wife in my hotel room. That's like all I want to do. I'm so mad I'm not going to be able to watch Caucus Night at home with my wife. It is like the worst thing. And they were thinking of like, oh, well, maybe we'll just like push it like another week. And I'm like, I'll quit my job. I'll straight up quit my job. If I can't be in New Hampshire during New Hampshire primary while I live here. This is half the reason we live here, y'all. It's like 100% of the reason we live here right now. Um, Yeah, we're going to get pizza at La Festa and we're going to watch the primary and it's going to be awesome. And we're both working from home that Wednesday because we're going to be up all night. We might... I still think I'm going to be able to talk Katie into going to like the Yang or Tulsi election night thing. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, Trump tweet of the day. Oh, Trump tweet of the day. I know you have some spicy stuff lined up, so we're going to do this. We're going to call it a night. It's Saturday. You were probably going to get another one from us this week, so. Get excited. All right. Ending with the Trump tweet of the day. Here we go. A massive $200 billion seawall built around New York to protect it from rare storms is a costly, foolish, and environmentally unfriendly idea that, when needed, probably won't work anyway. It will also look terrible. Sorry, you'll just have to get your mops and buckets ready. (laughs) Is that really him? Yes. (laughs) It's phenomenal. It's so good. I, it's such a joke. <laughs> oh my god, y'all! If you get angry at that, it's working. <laughs> get your mops and buckets ready. <laughs> See y'all soon. All right, we will talk to to y'all soon. Love you. Love you.